Hey there and welcome back to the Movie Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling, folks. So this week, um, once again, excuse me, we elected to go with more of a a drink, I mean, you know, a seltzer versus, uh, of the sorts, uh, versus a beer. Uh, so without further ado, uh, tonight we went with um, Mamitas Tequila and Soda. Uh, we're starting off with just um, your classic lime flavor. Uh, these are canned and everything out in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And wow, I, I really like this. Um, once again, I am someone who loves tequila. So I kind of like the bite of it. I like, I just like tequila in just in general, really. So if I'm being completely honest with you guys, that's, you know, a big reason why I enjoy it. But wow, I need these, I need these in my life. I think a lot of these seltzers, a lot of these canned, um, these canned uh, alcoholic drinks, a l I've noticed a lot of them try to throw the flavor at you to kind of mask, you know, maybe the actual alcohol or what have you. I mean, again, lime is a very basic flavor of an alcoholic drink, but I this is like just like a subtle lime taste. Like, if I didn't know any better, and somebody just poured this into a glass with me with like some ice I would just think this is your basic like tequila tonic with like a lime or something like that so once again if you're somebody like that likes me that likes these simple drinks enjoys tequila this is a must have this is a must have and you need to let me know what you think like I said it's just lime flavor um, 5% alcohol um, APB excuse me uh and only 1.4 grams of sugar um in each of them for those that are excuse me wondering jack what is a mamita mamitas is a hard seltzer with real tequila sparkling water and natural flavors mamitas keeps a light and refreshing taste while staying authentic to iconic tequila cocktails that have inspired bartenders for decades um all of them are 95 calories Made with real tequila, like I mentioned, 5% APB, they're gluten-free, um, made with sparkling water and natural agave, which is awesome. You guys got to go check out <coughs> their um, website. It's just drinkmamitas.com, and man, they have some good flavors that I'm going to have to try. Um, excuse me, they got mango, lime, um, pineapple, and... Uh, the heck do you pronounce this um pa paloma looks like i mean looks tasty and gosh if that wasn't good enough they if, if if that wasn't enough they actually have these two cocktails the spicy marg um the spicy marg and the tequila sunrise man i need to try all of these i need them in my life <laughs> um and because it's more of a drink kind of distillery place versus, you know, a brewery, um, they actually have stuff going on around the um, 
entire U.S. If you go to their website, they actually got a couple events coming up here. Uh, one going on this weekend in Asbury Park, New Jersey. It's the Sea Here Now. And then Country Thunder, September 30th to October 1st in Bristol, Bristol Tennessee. Um, and yeah, I mean, another common theme, you know, you go to their website, they have a place where you can find um, where to get their stuff, you know, type in the zip code, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, they got like a cute little shop uh, where you can buy, you know, some t-shirts, you know, some merch, that kind of stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, and you can also find them on Instagram, t uh, Twitter, and um, TikTok. So yeah, like I said, go de you guys definitely got to go check these out. Um, I think they're a must-have if you like tequila. Um, you know, if you like, you know, seltzers, I would definitely recommend them um, because the tequila isn't blasting in your mouth. It's not like, oh my gosh, this is too much tequila. Um, so definitely go check them out and let me know what you guys think. Um, and lastly... Man, I actually like these a lot more than a lot of, of the actual true seltzers, the Trulies and stuff like that. I'm going to go 8.7. I'm going to go 8.7. Now, scratch that. I'm going 9.2. I really love these. I really love these. I Which, honestly, going forward, what I need to do um, in the new crib with a bar in the basement, I, I need nothing but these, especially for football season, just down here for me. So... 9-2, you guys heard it here first. Um, <laughs> so that's what we have for just here for the beer. Before we jump too much into uh, NFL season and all that kind of fun stuff, we do have some um, news to drop you guys with. Excuse me, in uh, Tommy Town tonight. So first and foremost, we actually have some news in our, excuse me, winter sports. Um, the women's hockey team, back a couple days ago on Tuesday, was picked for 8th in the WCHA preseason poll. Uh, yes, there are only 8th WCHA teams, but before you guys freak out, this rugged WCHA uh, conference has the um, preseason ranked number 1, 2, and 3 teams in the nation, uh, as well as 2 other teams that are either in the top 15 or receiving votes. Um... In the WCHA coaches poll, Minnesota, Ohio State, and Wisconsin were dubbed the one, two, three teams, um, as those perennial powers shared all of the first place votes. Um, I I heard Joel Johnson had something of a press conference just yesterday. He's super excited for the season. Like we've talked about, you know, most of these teams, um, you know, it's you know, there's not a ton that goes into being better than last year, just because it was a tough season with the first season in Division One hockey. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, you got to, again, you got to give uh, credit when um, credit's due. And they're in a tough, tough, um, they're in a tough, tough uh, conference, which is going to make it tough for them to break out. But, hey, at the same time, you know, one win against a Ohio State, one win against Wisconsin, one win against UMD, one win against the Gophers. This season or next season is going to put them on the map because teams like those teams don't just accidentally lose to a bad team. Like they're you, like they lock down 
um, and can beat just about anybody. So that is what we have, <coughs> excuse me, for our beloved um, winter teams. Uh, now for the volleyball team, um, for the first time um, this season, they got through a tournament without a match win. Uh, on Friday, uh, they started the Rambler Challenge, uh, taking on the host team, Loyola Chicago, who Loyola Chicago is a tough team and was just simply the better team, uh, beat them in three straight sets. Um, right after that, they played Rutgers, which they played Rutgers a lot better. Um, once again, this was another um, match for them that they lost by a total of six points, 24-26, sorry, seven, and then 24-26. So, again, you know, you're playing these teams competitively and then rounding out this tournament on uh, Saturday. Um, they just played a better Kansas State team uh, that finished off the sweep of this uh, Tommy's team. Uh, and now the Tommies are getting ready for their last non-conference games of the season. They're getting ready for the Bradley Classic. Um, after coming back home and getting some time in St. Paul, they'll be heading back to Illinois. But this time they will be in Peoria um, as they will be playing Western Michigan tomorrow at 10 a.m. Uh, IUPUI at 2 p.m. And then wrapping it up against Bradley on 10 a.m. And once again, this will be their last tournament um, and their last three non-conference games before getting into Summit League play. So uh, hope them well in this final tournament. And, you know, again, you know, they're they're one win away from matching uh, what they did last year. So super excited to see them get going and can't wait to see how they do in Summit League play, too. So. Um, with that, we move on to the Tommy football team who bounced back after that kind of disappointing season opener um, in a 32-6 to home defeat of Michigan Tech. Um, and I got to say, this was fueled by not only defense, but also rushing. Um, sophomore running back Sean Shipman rushed for 157 yards and two short touchdowns in his first collegiate start this last Saturday. And like I mentioned, um, this St. Thomas defense limited Michigan Tech to 150 yards of offense and zero touchdowns in um, this last uh, non-conference game at O'Shaughnessy Stadium. Fun fact for those that don't know, this is already in their second season of Division One football. This is already their second win over Michigan's Michigan Tech. So... Um, yeah, I mean, once again in this one, the Tommies rushed out to an early lead with a long run uh, on the opening possession uh, with um, Sean Shipman, who busted out for a 50-yard um, yards on the second play from scrimmage. Then he punched in from one yard out for the game's first score. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, where you know where to go from here? I mean, in the, in, in the second half, the um, we traded off turnovers with the team um, with Michigan Tech and uh, defensive back Yusuf Leak intercepted Michigan Tech in the hus uh, in the end zone to um, make it so that they didn't you know they finished with zero uh, touchdowns which was you know phenomenal um, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, once again, just another game of St. Thomas just being the better team. Um, for those that don't know, this weekend is their bye week, which is unusual. Usually, your bye week is somewhere in the middle of um, uh, in the middle of your conference play, but they will actually not be in um, action this weekend, unfortunately, and they will be getting ready for their final. Um, non-conference game at O'Shaughnessy Stadium um, in St. Paul, Minnesota, facing off Lincoln, California. And again, another team I wasn't doing my research, wasn't able to find too much, um, wasn't able to find out too much, you know, on them, um, but really hope they can win this game because if they lose this game, and go one and two into uh, conference league play, that really puts a damper on how I thought they were going to do because I anticipate them losing probably two games in conference play. Um, or no, one game in conference play, and I have them going, what, nine and I think I said nine and two. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. And unfortunately for those Tommy football fans, we're going to have to wait um, an extra week. Like I said, as they have an unusual bye week uh, before they're even done with their non-conference um, schedule. So, yeah, that is what we have this week for Tommy Town. Now, why don't we move on to our professional sports? We actually have a couple teams getting ready for playoff time um, before we actually dive into uh, football. So the uh, the first Minnesota a professional team that's kind of getting down to, um, like I said, this kind of crunch time, if you will, um, really, um, you know, they're looking at, you know, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Last 20 games, I mean, they're in, you know, uh, 21 um, right now uh, against the Kansas City Royals is the Twins. Um you know, like I said, with the conclusion of tonight's game, you know, they're currently up 3-2 uh, right now, uh, hosting the Kansas City Royals. Again, a team who they should be beating. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's it's going to ultimately come down to um, can, can they just string together some wins? I mean, you know, the better part of this last month for the Twins – you know, um, you know, two straight against Kansas City got swept by the Cleveland Indians, who is a team that they're going to need to beat if they want to make it to the postseason. Uh, you know, losing three to one to New York, um, <coughs> almost getting excuse me, almost getting swept by the Sox. Um, you know, so it's it's getting a, you know, like I said, it's coming down to the crunch time here, and they're in an unfortunate position where the AL East is just so stacked there right now, they're four and a half, three and a half games um, behind um, Cleveland and a game and a half behind uh, Chicago. And it's pretty much these three teams. Kansas City is 20 points behind Cleveland and they're mathematically eliminated already. Detroit is 22 and a half games behind. Um, but it's, it's ultimately going to come down to most importantly, who's going to win the AL Central? I mean, if you take a look at the, um, you know, the standings, like I said, this AL East this year is just super, super, um, super 
um, top heavy. You know, not only are the Yankees, you know, number one in the East with um, 87 and 56, but the, uh, excuse me, the Mariners hold number one. Uh, Toronto holds the two, the second wild card spot, and Tampa holds the number three spot. Then even the Baltimore Orioles are, what's that, um, you know, four and a half games behind Tampa. Um, and then it's us and the White Sox. So ultimately, it's going to come down to these last these last couple weeks. Like I said, they got to uh, find a way to win games. Um, I think part of it, as much as I hate to admit it, part of it is coming down these last couple games have gone, come down to just poor management. I mean, fuck, what was it? Um, it was uh, Minnesota Twins. It was a game... It was yesterday's game. Um, who was it? Um, Sonny Gray was in and was throwing a no-hitter. And then they all of a sudden, they just fucking take him out. So kind of pisses me off that they're not you know, letting um, some of their starters go on for as long as they can. I get the magic number is you know, 100 and all that fucking shit. But at the same time, it's just like, you know... Pitching, in my opinion, pitching is 67% of the game. Um, you know, you got to have good pitchers. You got to have good relievers. It seems like we've been doing a decent our, – our pitchers have been doing a decent job as of late. It's just um, Baldelli is pulling these guys probably too early. Um you know, sometimes he's letting him go on for too long, but as of recently, it seems like he's been pulling some of our starters just sooner than um, than they should be. So, yeah, like I said, um, you know, they come into this last game uh, with the Royals. They're, they'll play them going to Kansas City uh, in another three-game series. But coming into tonight, they're shit eleven and four against the Royals. So, um, taking as many of these games as possible is going to be uh, crucial. But like I said, not only are they coming down to crunch time, but they're coming down to hey, they gotta beat these teams. Um, you know, I look at, I look at um, starting tomorrow. They have a five game series in Cleveland, followed up by going to Kansas City for three games, hosting the Angels for three games, before playing the Chicago White Sox two out of their two times in their last three series. So I mean, you know. Not including tonight's game, like I said, they got 20 games left. Of those 20 games, 11 of those, more than half of them, are teams that are ahead of them. So they've got to find a way. I mean, you know, five games against Cleveland, six against Chicago. If they want any chance of, um, uh, if they want any chance to actually make it to the playoffs, I gotta say, you know, you gotta win at least eight of those games. You know, which I know that you know, not a lot of margin for error. But again, this is when, um, you know, studs and stars are born. You know, are you going to, are you gonna, um, you know, hit balls and are you gonna um, get big hits when when it matters the most? And so far, Correa has been on fire. So hopefully, he plays a lot of these games going down the stretch here. Um, you know. I know as of recently, we've had a couple guys kind of coming in and out. I know Arise left the game the other night with a hamstring injury or something. So, But, you know, the bottom line is this team is right there. Um, so I don't see them closing up shop just yet. Um, 
but again, you know, going back to you know the couple questions we've gotten about the Twins in the last couple weeks, if I'm being completely honest, I do not like our chances of making the playoffs. I hope to God they prove me wrong, because I think you know there are a handful of guys on the roster that I think would benefit from just making the playoffs, getting that experience, and then being able to hopefully, you know, go go full blast into next season. Um, but hey, crazier things have happened. Um, but yeah, so like I said, uh, next up here after tonight's game, uh, hosting Kansas City, they will be in action uh, for a five-game series in Cleveland starting tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's game will be at 6-10, and then Saturday they're playing a doubleheader, one at 12-10, one at 6-10. Again, you talk about games, you know, I talk about um, winning three, uh, eight of those, you know, 11 games. They've got to find a way to at least split that doubleheader, you know, um, I mean, again, just critical games. Uh, Sunday, they'll be playing at 1240. Um, Monday, they will be playing at 1210. And then before the next podcast, they will have the um, they will have another series wrapped up in Kansas City. Kansas City on Tuesday, the 20th will be at 710 Wednesday, the 21st, 710 as well. And then Thursday, the 22nd will be at 110. So, you know, I Hopefully they can hold on for this win tonight, and you know by the time they're done with Kansas City, they can win you know three, six, you know they can win eight of their next you know eleven or something like that. Um, but only time will tell. Only time will tell. So um, good luck to the Twins. We hope they can kind of make that happen and kind of hit the downstretch here, and um, we'll see what happens. The uh, the next team kind of gearing up, getting ready for playoffs is the Minnesota Loons. With uh, with three games to go, they're sitting steady in fifth place in the Western Conference. For those that don't know, there are eight teams that actually make um, that make uh, the playoffs in each conference, but it's set up a little differently um, than um, than a lot or seven. Sorry. But it's set up a little differently. So seven teams make it. If you win the conference, number one, you get a bye. Two will play seven. Three plays six. Four plays five. And then, you know, you're already in the semifinals. So, like I said, they're holding steady right now in that fifth seed. Um, slotted to go to Nashville as of now. The good news, there's, you know, they got three games left. And the good news with regards to that is they still have nine points on the board. They're only a point back from Nashville, who's the fourth seed. They're um, four back from FC Dallas, which is in the third seed. Um, so, again, you know, very much they control their own destiny. I know as of recently, whoops, <laughs> sorry about that. I know as of recently, they've kind of been struggling um, since they, uh, since they uh, rattled off so many wins. I think, what is it? Let me see here. In their last one, two, three, four, you know, of their last four games there, you know, they have one draw and, you know, three losses. So, once again, com ball is completely 100% in their court. Um, what what they want to do. The good news is it sounds like, it sounds like, excuse me, and it seems like they will be making the playoffs. It's just kind of dependent on when um, when they will um, uh, what seed they're gonna get. And you know they've shown us in the past that their seed really isn't all that indicative of all you know what they can do because they've beaten teams on the road in the playoffs the last couple of years 
Um, but yeah, we just hope uh, hope these guys can kind of get it done. Emmanuel Reynoso is the only guy on the team with uh, 10 goals. Luis Amaria uh, is not far behind with nine. And Mr. Robin Lott has six himself. So, um, you know, another thing that kind of uh, stood out to me looking at this team, you know, they were in, they were so hot for a while there, but it's kind of amazing there excuse me, in the middle with regards to all of their rankings, they're 14th in goal difference, which is zero. Uh, they're tied for 16th in the league for assists with 29. Um, tied for 13 with goals scored 45 and goals conceded 45. They're tied for 11. So it's not like, or as of right now, it doesn't seem like they're really, you know, attacking, you know, one way or the other or really showing, you know, they're, that they're, you know, really good on offense, uh, really good at defense. But, um, yeah. We're just going to, once again, you know, just like the Twins, we're just going to have to um, wait um, wait and see uh, what happens here. Once again, they only got three games left. Excuse me. Um, their next game will be uh, – oh, that's away. Uh, their next game, excuse me, will be um, Saturday. They will be in Kansas City to take on Sporting Kansas City at 7.30. And then their last two games will be in October as they will uh, travel to San Jose and then host the Vancouver Whitecaps before wrapping up the season and getting started with um, uh, MLS playoffs. So once again, you know, congratulations, or not congratulations, good luck to these guys. Hope they can, you know, find a way to get it done and get a good seed and make a deep playoff run. Who knows? Um, now on to excuse me, now on to um, NFL football. So, man, I, I was kind of hot and cold last week with all of my uh, picks and predictions and everything like that. Um, super cold. Um, excuse me, sorry. Super cold with my, um, my lock and my upset for you guys. Um, unfortunately, I once again, I had the Jags last week um, upsetting the Commanders, and that did not happen. Um, not only, I mean, I know it didn't happen, but it was still, um, you know, the can't, Commanders proved to just be a better team than I thought they were going to be, and they uh, covered the spread first and foremost. Um, for my upset, and you know, I didn't take put take too much uh, stock into that just because, like we've talked about in uh, years past, too, it's hard to predict this first week. You just don't know what team you're gonna get from each guys, uh, from each team. Um, but my lock, geez, my lock was not good, and I apologize about that. I mean, gosh, this damn this this game pretty much took place in freaking Lake Michigan. Uh, it was not a pretty game. Uh, once again, the Bears, um, uh, I think the Bears kind of got a little bit lucky just from the standpoint of, uh, um, you know, playing, or sorry, I shouldn't say home. They, you know, lucky, they got a little bit of home cooking. Um, both Trey Lance and uh, Justin Fields, in my opinion, both did not uh, play amazing, but the Bears somehow found a way to get it done. Um, winning 19 to 10, so did not do well in those last week, but did very, very well. Excuse me, in um, did very well 
in the uh, Vikings game. So we had, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. We had the, um, I can't, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find it here. Yeah, here we go. We had the Vikings winning uh, in a shootout, 34-28. or 28. It was not a shootout, but it was more of a, a blowout than we were hoping for. So we got that right. Um, last week, my offensive prediction was I said Kirk was going to outscore Rodgers. He did. Um, Mr. Rodgers threw his first interception against an NFC North opponent since, since I think, 2017. Um, Aaron Rodgers went 22 of 34 in passing with 195 passing yards, no TDs, and one interception. And Mr. Kirk Cousins was um, had a better completion percentage with 23 for 32, threw for 277 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. And if that wasn't good enough, I also said on defense, Mr. Zadarius Smith was going to account for at least one sack. And that is exactly what he did. He was one of four players um, that were able to find and pull down Mr. Aaron Rodgers. We actually had four, I think I just mentioned it, four on the day. Uh, Jordan Hicks was able to get to him. Daniil Hunter got one. DJ Wanham got one. And Mr. Zadarius Smith. And if that wasn't good enough, um, we sacked uh, Aaron Rodgers four times to uh, Kirk Cousins only getting uh, one sack. So... Um, yeah, I guess kind of diving into this game a little bit before we get into uh, looking forward to this upcoming week here. Um, this Thursday night game is super, super fun to watch. Um, but um, I think one of my cousins uh, mentioned to me this last week, and I think he described this game perfectly to a T that I don't think I could have described it any better. He said... By no means did this Vikings team look flawless because we had a couple drop passes. You know, from time to time, it seemed like, you know, we did have some weird play calling, you know, missed tackles, things of that nature. But for the first time in a long time, we were the better team for 60 minutes against the Packers. They, they were just the better team overall. Um, we outran them 126 yards to 111. We out... Um, through them, 277 uh, receiving yards to 260. Um, but the uh, the biggest thing, and we talked about it last year, was last year this Minnesota Vikings team did a very poor job with when they would come up with picks, when they would come up with uh, turnovers. They wouldn't turn those turnovers that they got into many points. And on top of that, they turned the ball over a lot. We actually won the turnover battle we did not turn the ball over once and we managed to intercept Aaron Rodgers once and uh force a fumble on him as well and um for those that don't know we turned that interception you know into a punt unfortunately but um the his fumble started off the uh Let's started the first drive in the second half, and we turned that into three points. So, you know, again, winning that turnover battle. Um, when we get turnovers, making sure we turn points into uh, turn them into points, and making sure that if we do turn the ball over, not letting teams turn that into uh, is amazing. Um, I also saw an incredible stat, um, an incredible stat um, 
the other day and was like, this was the first time the, um, what was it? The uh, Vikings did not give up any points within the last two minutes of the half or game since 2019 like midway through 2020 which is unbelievable that's what that's what hurt us so many times last year um you know once again i i stand by it i think if you go back and listen look at the 2021 stats i think with the amount of points we gave up in the last two minutes in games and last two minutes in half i think if you take those points away we win four or five more games which makes all the difference but again we don't like to play the shoulda coulda woulda game here um we just um yeah, I mean, they got to tighten those things up, and that's that's what they did uh, in the first game of the season. They got the win, and now on to Philly. So before we dive too much into that Philadelphia Monday Night Football game, which I'm sure a lot of us Minnesota fans are super excited about, um, just like last week, I thought we would get into our um, locks and upsets, um, things like that. So... Uh, for you guys, um, this week, my lock, excuse me, for you guys, is the Cincinnati Bengals over the Dallas Cowboys. And, man, I'm so happy about this game. Um, this lock is in due part because of the new huge flip in, um, huge flip in, um, uh, excuse me, for the Bengals, um, what was it up until at the end up until friday no up until monday morning the dallas cowboys were actually favored in this game by two or three points however i'm sure like a lot of you know dak prescott injured his um, thumb and requires surgery on it and will be out for at least for somewhere in the six to eight week range and because of that the bengals are now seven point favorites um and, you know, honestly, when I look at this game, I'm willing to look past the Bengals' week one performance against the Steelers. Burrow threw a career-high four interceptions, which did not help one of my fantasy teams and lost a fumble. Um, but they actually outscored Pittsburgh 14-3 in the second half to force overtime, which was kind of incredible, um, despite all of the um, turnovers, like I just mentioned. Um. But the Bengals' offensive line didn't look good. That allowed seven sacks, and this is supposed to be a line that they beefed up in the last um, last uh, thing, uh, last offseason, uh, and they racked up 432 yards of total offense, uh, 32 first downs, and converted 50% of their third downs. Um, but um, since the start of last season, the Bengals' offense has actually recorded the fifth most 25-yard plays, and on the flip side, the Cowboys' defense has allowed the second most 25-yard plays. Um, I anticipate, simply because of Dak Prescott being out, I anticipate this being a blowout in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Joe Burrow is going to put that week one performance behind him. I think they're already game-planning, trying to beef up that on offensive line, maybe more sets with you know an extra tight end or two, trying to get blocks in there. Um, whatever it takes, but I got Cincy winning this game. Um, Cincinnati are seven point favorites. I got Cincinnati winning this game, thirty to let's say thirteen or four. Nah, fourteen. Thirty to fourteen. Um, and then for my upset, 
we are with my upset pick. We are going to start slowly talking about this Vikings game. Um, believe it or not, but the Eagles are two and a half point favorites in this game um, on Monday Night Football at seven thirty. Two and a half point favorites, which is you know just under home field advantage. Um, but I fully anticipate. I said it in my preseason predictions. That we would win this game. I fully anticipate us winning this game. Um, our former coach, Mike Zimmer, had a style that was very run-first and defensive-minded, smash-mouth fo- football. Uh, now we have Kevin O'Connell at helm, uh, and we get to see what this team can do when we're looking for J.J. as a first option all the time. Simil- very similar to last week where Kirk threw for 277 yards without an interception, and connected with Jefferson nine times for 184 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and then on the other hand, you have the Eagles, who barely, in my mind, as, as good as this team looks, and as much of a dual-threat quarterback as Jalen Hurts is turning into, they barely survived the Lions, winning 38-35. Jalen Hurts does not look bad. He looks pretty good, but... My big question is, can the Eagles defense that allowed 34, 35 points from a bad Detroit team handle this new Minnesota offense? I do not think though, think so. So not only are we going to start jumping a little bit into this Philly game before we wrap up for the night, um, but I fully anticipate the Minnesota Vikings technically upsetting uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think, you know, this last, um, this last, uh, what is it, um, this last uh, Packer game, I think this turned out to not be as close as I anticipated being. I think this Philly game has the potential to be a closer game than this last game. Um, this last game was decided by, what, 16 points? I, um, I, I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to put up a little more points in this game, and I got the Minnesota Vikings winning this game uh, 30 Excuse me, uh, 31 to 20, what I say, 31 to 27 in this game. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got for my uh, prediction for the Vikings game and my prediction for the upset of this week. Um, so, yeah, for this Vikings Eagle game, again, super excited. You know, they're going to be talking a lot about the narrative of Kirk Cousins not. Kirk Cousins not being able to win Monday Night Football games or even prime time games, which is going to be um, annoying to have to listen to for 60 minutes. But you know, I hope Kirk, you know, gets them to uh, gets them to shut up just a little bit as the game goes on. Um, I think looking at this Eagles thing, the main thing that concerns me, I think, is Jalen Hurts' ability to be a dual threat quarterback and the quickness he has in turning into that. Um, I think one thing I noticed watching his game last week, he does a very, he does a very good job of if he sees open field ahead of in in front of him, taking off and taking that. Now, what I think the Vikings really have to do is they need they can't be in man too much. We gotta have more zoned, I believe, um, and more often than not, we're going to probably need to have a QB spy or something out there. Um, because we can't allow um, Jalen Hurts to beat us on the ground. I think you know they gotta switch up coverages, rushing two guys, rushing five guys, whatever it takes. Um, 
but that's honestly the the dual threat ability from uh, the dual threat ability from um, Jalen Hurts is the one thing that I really think this is going to be a close game. Um, but if we can contain him from the start, this has the potential to be you know the second blowout of the year for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and um, and yeah, so I guess we can get into right now uh, our predictions for the um, uh, for the uh, the game itself. Um, I am actually really hopeful. I was again looking at um, looking at you know this Philly game. Um, they gave up uh, in this game. They gave up. Excuse me. Um, a total of. 386 yards against the Detroit Lions. Um, 181 of those yards coming on the ground. Um, I think one of the things that Philly really likes to do is have their defensive ends kind of close that pocket. So I think if we can utilize running more downhill rather than trying to get Delvin or Madison off, um, off the edge, I think that's going to really help us um, get that. I think, I think not that um, JJ is not going to do stuff, but I think after this last game, there's going to be a lot more eyes on him. Not that there, you know, maybe wasn't, but I fully anticipate Delvin being more of a integral part in this offense in this game. So offensive prediction: I got Delvin eclipsing 150 total yards between. Um, between receiving yards and rushing yards. I think and to go with that, I think he's finally going to get his first rushing TD of the season. Um, I'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to kind of do what we want against this Eagles team, especially after coming off of a, um, especially coming off of a, uh, uh, a narrow victory against a bad Detroit Lions team. For those that don't know, Philly actually got outscored in the first quarter, seven nothing and fourteen nothing in the fourth quarter. Um, so we got that to look forward to, and then defensively, I really do think we are going to con confuse Jalen Hurts. I think this defense is going to come up with two interceptions. Um, I was listening to uh, Pete Bursich, um and uh, Paul Allen and gosh, what was that guy's name? Gabe Henderson. Uh, I, I think it was Gabe Henderson. Yeah. And they were talking about um, trying to make it look like there's room for Jalen Hurts to run um, and then closing that up because then he's going to, he typically panics and just tries to throw it up um, for his first um, option. And I am hopeful that that is going to hap happen numerous times. Um, the um, um, in favor of the Vikings, another thing that um, makes me, excuse me, makes me, um, yeah. So sorry, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure what I was trying to get at there. I apologize. It's been a crazy long day. Um, but yeah. So those are my predictions. Uh, bold predictions. Offense. Delf Delvin's going to go for 150 total yards with his first rushing touchdown of the season. And defense, we're going to get two picks. Uh, like I said, Vikings are going to come away with this win, 31-27. to Hopefully it's another, um, hopefully it's another 
blowout. But I really do think even though it's a, a young season, still I think if we're able to beat the Eagles by at least double digits, I think this Vikings team has the potential to put this this league on notice. I think there are a lot of people um, outside of um, – outside of the NFL that are, you know, thinking the Vikings are going to do well. I think inside the NFL, there's not a lot of people that think this team is legit and rightfully so. We got a brand new quarterback. We got, you know, new stuff going on, but um I think this team's going to get it um rolling pretty quickly here. So that is what we have um for the uh Vikings and football this week and for you uh winter sports fans, don't be too upset we got a mere 22 days until the nhl season gets underway and 33 days until the nba season uh starts off for you basketball fans so i'll leave you guys with this remember this podcast is about you guys the listeners if you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer please reach out on instagram tiktok twitter or by emailing us twitter tiktok and instagram handles are at mini weekend and email is mini weekend at gmail.com that's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways. And you can stay up to date on all things Mini Weekend. Mini Weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.